Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Alright, those of you who don't know who I am, those of you who are watching online, I am Brandon Hill, I'm the senior pastor here of TCF, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join us this morning. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5, verse 15 through 16. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 through 16. I'm excited what the Lord will have to say to us. Thank you, Jesus, in this moment. Scripture reads that, however, the report went around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Verse 16 reads, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. I want to talk to you this, sub- this morning from the subject calling an ISO. Calling an ISO. So how many of you all are familiar with the game of basketball? Let me see your hands. All right. I was supposed to hoop yesterday, but I didn't make it in time. (laughs) I was going to hoop with Quest yesterday. I was like, man, let me tell you something. I got to get back on the court. Man, these legs ain't (laughs) down in a minute. And so... In basketball, they call this calling an ISO. It's interesting. One of my favorite players of all time, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. One of my favorite players. They were ice. They are what they call like the kings of ISO, in my opinion. If you have a problem with that, we can argue about it. All right. But they one of my favorites. And why? Because they one of the best isolation players of all time. They get. And so when calling an ISO, what that means is that. Uh, either the coach can call an ISO or the superstar player, the team can call an ISO for themselves. You, you, if you a bum, you, you, you can't, <laughs> the coach gonna put you on the bench. You just can't call an ISO. Like they're gonna be like, what are you doing? Uh, we didn't put you in the game. You're a role player. You're not the star. All right. But when we talk about calling an ISO, what happens is, is that what happens is, is that with the superstar who has the ball, or if the coach t- calls an ISO, or if a person the superstar calls, uh, like Kobe called when he was, when Kobe called an ISO or Mike called an ISO, they would clear out, meaning everybody on their on his team would clear out so that their defender wouldn't uh, guard or stop the lane. Okay, and so that pretty much means is that me and my defender is going one on one. Everybody else has cleared out the lane. So if I want to drive past them, I can drive past them. If I want to just do like Stephen Curry, come up half court, I can do that too. All right? I can do that too. And so I think this is very interesting when we say ISO, we're talking about isolation. They're called isolation plays, where we ISO the, our star, have them go against the defender so that we can score. But this morning not really using it in that basketball context. I figure I share that with you because I love basketball. And so what I'm doing it is I'm using this phrase to determine something else um, and, and show you uh, a spiritual application from it, all right? 
When we talk about calling an ISO, we're talking about uh, moments and seasons of fruitful isolation with God. That there are times, ladies and gentlemen, where you will be secluded or you need to seclude or you need to ISO from everybody else for different seasons and moments in your life. And everybody, we see isolation as a negative thing. And, you know, God told us it's not good for a man to be alone. That's absolutely right. But there are moments in your life where you're going to have to take moments with yourself for your own spiritual, mental, and physical health. And so what I like about what we're talking about this morning is we're in the book of Luke. And for you don't know who Luke is, Luke, ladies and gentlemen, he is a physician. Matter of fact, he was more so of a disciple of Paul, as we come to understand. And, 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 and Luke, we also count him as a historian because Luke, ladies and gentlemen, wrote the book of Acts telling you what was the start of the church and everything. But here in the book of Luke, he is appealing to the Greeks of that day and he's appealing to them and what Luke is trying to show you uh, about Jesus is that while he's fully God he's also fully man what makes him a God to be served is that he actually can tell you to do something that he also has done that he won't tell you to live holy and he hasn't demonstrated that what I've studied in other religions ladies and gentlemen is that there are a lot of gods telling you what to do but never showing you the way I need to serve somebody who can show it to me, demonstrate it to me. He's the perfect ideal. He's the ideal human being. And this is what the gospel of Luke is trying to show you. He's trying to show you that, yeah, while he's God, he's also man. That means he's also he had he did not subject himself from his own laws that he's put in place. He came wrapped up in flesh, and John would tell you that we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. Ladies and gentlemen, we find here in the book of Luke that he's trying to show you how Jesus conducted himself on the earth, being fully God, but yet fully human. Meaning that he's subjected to temptations and tests that you and I go through on a daily basis. And yet, Luke is showing you that while he went through all of this stuff, he was without fault. He was without sin. That he shows you how, listen, he's telling the Greeks and he's now trying to show us through what what us reading now 2,000 years later is that Jesus is the ideal example of how we should carry ourselves in our humanity. Hello everyone, my name is Vernon Hill, Executive Director here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. What better way to grow in your Christian faith than in community with other believers? We invite you to be a part of Transform Life, our life groups here at TCF. Connect with any of our life groups for encouragement and support as you grow in your Christian faith. We're so excited to be able to walk this journey with you. That, yeah, you're spiritual. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. But yes, how do you manage with the spirit of God inside of you, but yet live through this life that is faced with temptations, trials and tests? And ladies and gentlemen, Luke shows you that there were times in the ministry of Jesus where he called an ISO. That Jesus did not get held up by 
the, the by his fame and his publicity and how he was growing, how he often took moments of isolation that were fruitful between him and God. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is that we must follow the example of Jesus in taking intentional moments, seasons of fruitful isolation with the father. It ain't that you're cutting anybody off. It's just that I got to get away for a second. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because what Jesus shows you is you can never pour out yourself to other people if you're not getting poured into first. Yeah. You're no good for anybody. You running on E ain't going to help you because in the long term, you either hurting yourself in your own health or guess what? Somebody going to catch you on a bad day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Somebody's going to catch you on a bad day. And here in our specific verse, ladies and gentlemen, we have it where Jesus has done such a great miracle. He's done a great miracle that he, he's fed people in the earlier verse. And then now he healed a man of leprosy. And his fame is growing. It would be like if Jesus was in it was is was in today's time, his follower count would be high. His reels on Instagram would be in the millions. And on TikTok, everybody would be following him, ladies and gentlemen. They would not only be seeing him online, but they would try to come to where he is in person. They would try to come to where he is in person. The see, hey, some people want to see and get healed by this man. This is what the scripture says. That all the more great multitudes came together to hear what he, to hear what he had to say. Because what Jesus had to say was powerful. They wanted to hear. Then there were other people who wanted to hear to make sure that he wasn't saying anything opposite from what the law was saying. Then there were people who wanted to be healed because they had infirmities, too. And they just saw this man of leprosy get healed. And now they want they want their healing, too. And then there's those who, you know, in your life who come around and they just want to scope what you got. They want count your pockets. They want to see what you about. Is this whole Jesus thing real? They they want to see what you about. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, what I like about it is, is that in the next verse that really catches my attention and what caught my attention was this, is that while all of this was going on, his publicity, he has so much momentum in all of this. Scripture says he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed that Jesus found a place where he could go. Now, my place is I like water. Anything that I'm around water, I'm good. That's my place. Don't go there. I ain't going to tell you where I go so that I, if I see you in my spot. I'm like, hey, Pastor, you come here too? No. <laughs> no. Get your own spot. Bye-bye. It was so funny. Dad, his spot was the bathroom down in the basement at our old house. And um, Vernon took his spot. <laughs> so he had to find another spot. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he often withdrew and got away. And let me tell you how he did this. Number one, I want to show you something that he to focus on prayer. Yeah. He, he often got away. Let me tell you something. Prayer is more than you just asking God about what you want. There's a, and that's good. You can ask him what you want. You can come to him for anything. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
You ought to. He encourages it. But there's a deeper place in prayer. There's a deeper fellowship and communion that goes beyond you just praying, asking what you asking what you want. But it's also just getting things off your mind and also hearing from God. There's a deeper, deeper place in prayer than just people saying that. Let me just throw it out there and see what. No, there is a communion. There's a fellowship. Prayer is what we call the vehicle between heaven and earth. And we connect with our God through the sun because we can now come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in our time of need. What Jesus was doing and what he was trying to pattern to you and I is that we have to take moments to stay connected connected here so that we can do relationship here that if this is not right with God then this is not going to be right my relationships are not going to be right my work relationships are not going to be right my intimate relationships are not going to be right. if I don't do this right here then I'm relying on my own willpower And what Jesus is showing you and how you navigate in your humanity is you do not rely on your own willpower. You rely on the spirit of God. And the way you do that is by staying connected with him. Let me tell you something. Jesus, second person of the Godhead, he's always known this. But it was something that he had to do here to show us how to pattern ourselves after his example. He said, this, ladies and gentlemen, my, 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 the, the focus should be on this right here because what he was trying to show people that he's not fueled by his fame. He's not fueled, ladies and gentlemen, by his popularity. His ministry is not fueled because you say that, oh, he's such a great healer or he's such a masterful teacher. It's not fueled by that. Many people are driven by many things. You're driven by money. You're driven by whatever your motivation may be. And Jesus is showing you, matter of fact, what I'm doing is if I connect with God and stay connected with him, that is my fuel. That's why I do what I do. That's how I'm able to operate how I'm operated because I'm submitted to him. And if the son who is God can submit himself to his father, then who are we? Who are you to think that, let me tell you something, Martin Luther King said that the prayer is the lifeline of every believer. He also says to be a Christian without prayer is to be alive without breathing. It's impossible. You cannot, ladies and gentlemen, think that, oh, I'm a believer and you don't have no connectivity. It don't work. Ladies and gentlemen, he often got away while everybody was around. He withdrew himself and got away so he could focus with his relationship with God. Often. Often. Why? Because you realize that, listen, I can't be running on E. I have to always stay full. Jesus is showing you how to live full, not to live half or on on empty. He's showing us how we should prioritize and what we should prioritize, what we should value. Yeah. This is countercultural because in today's world, listen, go after the bag. What you doing? Jesus, what you doing? You got people coming over here. They want to hear you. What you doing? People coming to get healed. Heal everybody you can. Do that Jesus thing. You hear what I'm saying? Yo, why you stop posting? Why you get off Instagram? Yo, you got momentum right now. Keep going. Keep vlogging. Real, real, real. 
Keep doing those dance TikToks while you got the momentum. <laughs> Keep on doing that. Jesus said, that's cool. It's always going to be there. It's never going to go anywhere. But this right here, this is what fuels me so I can do all I do. <laughs> all right, I got to keep moving because we got baptized. Let's go. Before making an important decision, here we go. He calls an ISO to, to make important decisions. Some of us, when we try to make decisions, it's good to get wise counsel. Scripture tells us to, that a wise man seeks counsel. There's nothing wrong. We can seek counsel from one another, but there are some times where we're hearing too many voices. And sometimes we have to be able to go into a place where it's just me and God and yeah. I'm praying and I'm trying to make a, a decision on some things. Let's, let me give you an example of how Jesus did this. Again, I'm gonna show you what Jesus did. It says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Verse 13, and when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from that, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. What am I showing you here? Jesus made was in prayer to, about whom he should call to be his chosen 12, to be his disciples. He was making an important decision on who's going to be in his circle. And I know what people want, but wasn't Judas in his, in his circle? Weren't Judas there? Where'd that praying go? Why you pick him? Because it served his purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you don't understand. He picked Judas because he knew the, the, his heart. He knew that he would be the one that could be able to betray him that will go according to the plan of God already. He picked Judas because it was prophesied by Isaiah of what this person would do. So Jesus was prayerful about it before he made a decision. What am I telling you? Stop making the decision on your emotions and start making a tactical, strategic decision based upon your relationship with God. Make the don't don't rush into things. Don't rush to make decisions. He what he did was he took the time, the ISO. Like I don't want to hear nobody. I'm going over here. I'm calling an ISO. I'm calling an ISO. I'm coming. I'm going into a separate place in seclusion so I can make a decision. Yes. Don't you make this. And then here we go. Listen, because this is an important decision. And Jesus did not make a temporary decision. He didn't make a, a permanent decision in a temporary space. He made a decision because he knew that these would be the ones that could carry on what he does when he then transitions off the scene. Some of us, we make decisions. I heard Miles Monroe say this, is that some of us, ladies and gentlemen, we make permanent decisions in temporary situations. And it comes to cost us in the end. When you make decisions, ladies and gentlemen, that, that are based on your circumstance, that is temporary. It's only temporary. It's not going to be that forever. You can end up messing yourself up in the end. And Jesus makes a cause and nice soul so he can isolate himself to be able to make a wise decision. 
Look at somebody say, call an ISO. Call an ISO. Let's go. Here we go. I want to show you this. He called an ISO so he could take time to recharge after hard work. How many people work hard in the room? Raise your hand. I'll raise two of mine. Amen. Yeah, that's right. I want to work smart too, not harder. But in working, ladies and gentlemen, after a long time, there, you have to learn how to recharge. You have to call an ISO. Now, Jesus' way of recharging is different than some of us. Some of us recharge, you know. One of our guys, Princeton, he's in Orlando right now. I wish I was recharging with him. <laughs> Going to Universal. Amen. Vacation, taking time with your family, isolating yourselves from all of the hustle and the bustle and coming and recharging, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. You know what was so crazy about the pandemic? Is every year we've gone on vacation. Yeah. Ever since this thing came, I ain't gone nowhere. Yeah. I'm very sad. I haven't seen a beach in, I don't know, like two, three years. It's really hurting my feelings. <laughs> I see all of you on Instagram. I'm like, oh man, I just wish I was there. EP was just in Fort Lauderdale, one of my favorite vacation spots. I, I, I FaceTimed him the other day. I said, I just want to live my life through you just right now. Just, just put the picture on the beach. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, man, I get Well, I'll tell you where I stay at in Fort Lauderdale. I'll tell you where I stay at. Yeah, I did give it away. That, geez. But anyway, go to Fort Lauderdale. You just won't see me. <laughs> but listen, you have to take time to recharge. You have to take time to get away. Jesus showed us this. Listen, uh, uh, Mark 6, verse 30, it says, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Then it says, And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not have anything to eat. What I'm showing you is that after a long time of the disciples, Jesus sending them out and they doing ministry, Jesus said, come on, come to a side here. Come to this deserted place and let's rest for a while. Because again, you got to call a night so after you depleted yourself, given up yourself, you have to kind of get recharged. You got to get refilled. You got to get refilled with the Holy Spirit. So I got to get filled again. And so they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. They got away from everybody. There are times where you got to even detach yourself from your phone. Leave it alone. Put it on do not disturb. Call an ISO for a second. You can live. You can live. Some people, they want to hit you up all day, dump their problems on you, tell you everything under the sun. And then you don't even get a word out. And then it was like, oh, I'm done for the day. <laughs> you don't even get a word out. Like, okay, all right. I guess I'm your dumpster for this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, after you get, listen, I got to recharge. I got to get my mind on something else. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get my mind on something else. I cannot keep t continue to do this. You, you can't do that. There's some times in our lives where we got to be everything to everybody. But then you got to take moments for yourself. Yeah. 
I'm not telling you to be, well, yeah, I am telling you to be that you can be selfish a little bit, but it's not in a place of being selfish so that you won't be there for people. It's being that I, I need to get away so that I can be able to be here for you. And then people will say to you, and you, you got to be careful because you don't want nobody, don't go, don't fall for the guilt trip like, you know, you didn't change. You ain't as nice as you already know. I'm being healthy. Listen, we got to get rid of this toxic relationship thing. We got to get rid of this. <laughs> this toxicity is not good for my spirit. <laughs> All right, let's move. Here we go. This is what I want to show you. He also took times of isolation. Call it the ISO when he was doing dealing with challenging times. Oh, Jesus dealt with challenging times. Yeah, he did. Like I said, he lived this human experience. He also had challenges. He also had death in his family. All right, let me give you an example. You want to see it? Here we go. I don't tell you nothing else that's not out of the book. Here it is, Luke 22, verse 39 and 44. Hey y'all, my name is Boomi, and I would like to invite you to go ahead and download our TCF app if you don't already have it. If you do have it, just know we have some new updates coming for you. You'll be able to connect with us, gain access to our exclusive content, see our live experience, and sermons. You'll have access to this app in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. This is what happened. Matter of fact, let me go to this one instead real quick. Here we go. Before I read this, I want to show you something really quickly. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, really quickly. I'm going to show you this. In Matthew chapter 14, we have the death of John the Baptist. He was beheaded. Now, John the Baptist, ladies and gentlemen, is Jesus' cousin. It ain't his distant cousin. Not that fifth cousin removed. It was his first cousin. All right? It was his first cousin. And so... The scripture tells us that when he had gotten word of this, Jesus was disturbed. Yeah. Matthew 14, verse 13, I don't have it there, but it says, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a desert, deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. So in his grief, he got away from the noise in the crowd so that he could be with God. He, let me tell you something. There is grief sucks. Anybody can attest to that in the room. Grief yeah. sucks. Yeah. Well, grief, why it sucks is because it, it ushers in a new normal that you and I are not used to and don't want to accept. But it's not until we accept it is where we can heal through it. Yeah. But here's the thing. There is a, but there is a wrong way to grieve, though. Yeah. And so some people will call an ISO because they want to go to their things that give them comfort that is not necessarily, let, let us say, that is good. That are, thank you, that are healthy. We, try, we tend to kind of go to unhealthy things. Um, some of us can be emotional eaters. Um, don't put cookies around me, amen. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just don't do that to yourself. You know, I understand. What I'm saying is some people, you know, you know, 
I know they're putting it on the ballot here in Maryland to make cannabis legal, you know? Some people go there, some people get that glass. You know what I'm saying? Go. Some people call up Jack. You'll figure it out in a second. <laughs> I'm just saying. Some of us, we find, go through our phone contacts. We know who to call, who's about that life. Oh, I'm, not, I'm giving you the honest truth. Here, raw and uncut by Pastor Brandon. It's the truth. It's the truth. But what Jesus shows us is that his time of ISO is not to participate in unhealthy things. It's really his time to regather himself with him and the Father. And that while I'm going through grief, if I have him carrying me through it, then I'm going to process it in a more healthy way. And so Jesus knows when he heard it, it's not that you're running away from his problem. He ain't running away. He needed time to gather himself on how to handle his own grief. Sometimes when we're going through grief, especially in the African-American community, everybody want to be at your house, giving you food. All Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody got Kentucky Fried Chicken Popeyes. Almost all week, you got every cake from Sam's Club you can possibly get. You get what I'm saying? And sometimes they ask you all of these questions. How you doing? Mm, they in such a better place. Mm. Some people don't know what to say. And some of it is really genuine. But sometimes the best thing is just say, hey, I'm here. If you need anything. You know. So it did no bit. How did it happen? Who cares how it happened? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Y'all, and then you, people always around you, you can't even collect yourself. Yeah. You can't even collect yourself. I know how it was when my grandfather passed. I mean, everybody and the mother was there. I'm like, goodness, none of our family could think. We would just have everybody like, oh my God, asking you a bunch of questions, food, all that stuff like that. You know, we've buried people many times, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the best thing to do is, is just, you know, give your love rather, you know, in space. You get what I'm saying? Because sometimes you can't even process your own thing. You're still in shock, and then you got everybody, everybody saying this. You got to do this. You got to get this plans and all this stuff. And Jesus shows us you got to get away from all of what's going on. Because John the Baptist, his disciples were in panic. They were dealing with their grief. So Jesus had to get away, got on a boat, got away for a second. Then he came back and handled what he needed to handle. Sometimes you got to do the same. Not only that, but I want to show you this, that he also knew how to deal with his distress when he was feeling very overwhelmed. Jesus, yes, he did get overwhelmed. Verse 39, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Then it says, as he withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, he knelt down and prayed. Even, even when he, he went further into the garden and he prayed. Because in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus had a big decision to make. Am I going to go through this? 
he felt this, he felt the agony. The agony didn't start when he got on the cross. The agony started in the garden. Agony didn't start for him when he got, he knew what was ahead. It wasn't there. It was in the garden. Most theologians will tell you that God began to withdraw himself from his son in the garden of Gethsemane. That in the garden of Gethsemane, some would argue is that there, there was a place where he was asking God, will you pass this cup from me? Will you let it go? But yet, when his prayer time, what he, what he, what he, what he held himself on was that, nevertheless, if it be your will, I'll do it. So even in his stress, he knew how to go and he knew what to do when he was by himself. Lastly, ladies and gentlemen, he will go, he calls an ISO when he go and when he's preparing for a major task. What task are you have in front of you? What's ahead of you that you need to prepare yourself for? Let me tell you something. When God is about to call you to another level of things, God will call an ISO for you. When God is about to push you and take your life to another level, God will literally call an ISO. How do I know this? Come here, Abraham. Let me talk to you for a second. I want you to leave this land, and I'm going to show you a land where I'm going to take you. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. But guess what he did? He called him out of where he was. He isolated him so that he could do something great in him. And what God will do for you is that God will call you out where you are. Hey, get away from these people. Hey, get away from this situation. I'm calling you out of this job. I'm placing you into another place. I am preparing you for something major. I need your attention. Where was, da where was, where was David when they found him? He was in isolation. He was just a shepherd boy, ladies and gentlemen. And they thought everybody else, his older brothers were the ones that were going to be the next king. But what did God do? He called him out of isolation because he was dealing with him in ISO. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then he anointed him to be king, but then called him back in isolation because he wasn't ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> what am I trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus is trying to show us that even the father will call an ISO and he will also call one because right after Jesus back, the Bible tells us that the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tested for 40 days and for 40 nights. Why? Because Jesus was about to do more. Jesus did more in three years than what some people will do in a lifetime. Jesus was 33 when he had, when, when he when he was crucified. He started his ministry at 30 and for three years, he did everything that the father wanted him to do in less time. Some people we grieve when somebody young dies, but what did they do in the time that they have? Some can do more in 20, 30 years since somebody could do in 80 years. 
because there are times when God has to call you out of ISO and, and call you, call an ISO, say, hey, hey, how, let me tell you something, even in a basketball sense, if I put it there to wrap all of this up, because we got to go to wrap all of this up. Listen, when your defender, ladies and gentlemen, is life, and that's what you're going one-on-one against. You're going one-on-one against life. An enemy is coming to play you, to stop you from scoring at all costs. The devil, ladies and gentlemen, is fighting you. And the reason why Jesus called ISO so he could show you how to win. (laughs) How do you win? You have to separate yourself from some things. Prepare. You got to get away. You got to be able to keep this. There are fruitful moments of isolation. Between you and God, and when you do that, watch what he does. Watch how God can move through you when you yield yourself. Well, God, I don't want to go in isolation because I got the heat on me right now. I got the momentum right on. It will be there. Well, the bag is right in front of me. It will be there. It's not going anywhere. It is not going anywhere. You have to understand that if God is calling me away, there's something greater that he has in store. That when I come back into it, yes, I'm going to triple in what I did. Because I took time for my mental health. I took time for my spiritual health. I took time for myself to get right physically. You want to know why people don't finish well? It's because they don't take moments of isolation. They get caught up into their own selves. They get caught up into their own hype. And pride comes before the fall. And so Jesus shows us that in calling isos, you are actually putting yourself in humility. You are actually putting yourself in humility before the Father. So what am I trying to tell us today? What am I trying to conclude with? Listen, you're going to have to call an ISO. You need to figure out how you're going to, you got to figure out in your mind that there are times where I have to call an ISO. Stop running on E and start getting yourself ready. Because when you call it, you'll know how to score in this thing called life every time. When you separate yourself. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're not saved, I give you Jesus in this moment. He wants to call an ISO for you right now to come up from among them and be, and be saved. Repent and ye there. Repent and be, repent and be converted so that you can experience the salvation of the Lord. It ain't nothing you got to do. You don't got to jump through hoops. You just got to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. That he died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose again and ascended to the right hand of the Father. And making him the Lord over your life. Those of you online, those of you in here, this is a serious decision. You're not saved because salvation is not inherited. It's something that you got to come through for yourself. You got to believe. Nobody can believe for you. You got to believe for yourself. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, say, hey, Pastor B, you know, I was saved, but I drifted away, man. I got caught up into my own hype. If that's you, geez, God ain't gone nowhere. He's still here. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy to think that 
God don't want you. Yeah, he did. God didn't change. You did. If you want to make TCF your home church, listen, I'll be glad to serve as your pastor. I would love to. But I'm more connected with you being, I'm more concerned with you being connected to Jesus. Because it's not a church that saved you. It's Jesus that saves you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you want to make a commitment. I want everyone to say so nobody feels left, nobody feels bad. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. Please touch my heart. I know that you died on the cross for my sin, that you were buried, that you rose again, and that you ascended just for me. I want to make you the Lord over my life today in Jesus' name. If you said that prayer for the first time, it's not the prayer that makes you saved. It's what your true heart's confession that makes you saved, and you're glad about it. Come on, put your hands together. Text that number that's on the screen if you made a commitment to follow Jesus today. Fill out the form. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, Transformation starts here.